0: When Arnold Schwarzenegger obtained the rights for this script, originally drafted from a Philip K. Dick short story by the writers of Alien, he also gained an unusual degree of control over the producer, director, screenplay, cast, and promotion. He long sought the star in this film, and now it was his baby. He immediately brought on Dutch director Paul Verhoeven, whose dystopian corporate future robot cop movie for which Arnold was considered, but then considered too big for the suit, came out in theaters three years earlier and made all of us seventh grade boys squeal with delight at the astonishing new level of graphic violence. Now Verhoeven was getting another crack to further explore his corporate militant thug hegemony, uber capitalist fascist future realm Underpinned with all of the designer, drug, mind-warping, multi-layered reality futures of one Philip K. Dick. A perfect pairing for sci-fi mayhem. Or was it all a dream? Today, on The Escape Pod, we discuss 1990's Paul Verhoeven-directed Arnold Schwarzenegger quipping Total Recall.
1: The emergency disrupt system is now activated. It will detonate. We'll detonate in T-minus Nine, 10 seconds, 9, Nine 8, six, 7, 6, six 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Get out! Get out
2: of Hi, I'm Nathan Hendler. This is Ryan What's your last name, Ryan? My
0: name is Ryan Eggleston. You know how to pronounce my name right? Eggleston? Or the Ryan part? Either. Yeah, you're doing great. Today on the Escape Pod, we're going to talk about 1990s Paul Verhoeven directed Total Recall. I don't want to skip to the, the review portion of the show, but I, I cannot begin this talking about without saying how much I love this movie.
2: Well, I love it too. Yeah, I was so excited. I mean, I've watched this movie at least, it has to have been at least five times already in my life, which is probably in a way underestimated.
0: I've definitely seen it a bunch of times, including when it came out, but I can't recall the last time I saw it. So a lot of it felt, as as familiar as it was, it was such a treat. Uh, there were things I forgot and things that were coming back to me as I was viewing it, but none of it felt worn. No.
2: I like live for a while regularly quoting several lines from this yeah. movie. Like they just became <laughs> part of my personality to, to or the, even, even if I didn't quote them out loud, they would happen in my head as, as things were going on around,
0: on around for the, instance.
2: Well, one is the get ready for a surprise where she's like, get ready for a surprise. The woman's head when the head blows up. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, that just became like a regular thing that Sarah and I used to say to each other whenever there was any sort of like <laughs> sticky like suspense that we were teasing each other with or
0: something. That's great. And of course, right before that, two weeks was something uh my friends and I would yeah, say right. to each other. Two weeks. And um see you at the party.
2: That's the other one, yeah. So good. And then I had a geology teacher who whose name was Dr. Quaid. So at some point, Sarah and I watched this while I was doing undergraduate geology. I was taking this class. And, and I just remember after that, anytime he would start when he would start lecturing, I would just in my head, I would hear like, the, you know, the, the dying, dying.
0: <laughs> puppet. And actually, you know, this movie, it figures in a later stage of life, too, in a lot of uh women friends of mine were pregnant or having new babies that uh i would start calling them (laughs) that's great (laughs) and some people some some of them got it and some of them were just gave me a a look i mean obviously there's a little bit of a nostalgia trip for us but i think beyond that i feel like it's so solid from beginning to end and i feel like in a way they don't make movies like this anymore necessarily what do i mean by that I, i can't exactly say but it has a feel. I think there's something about a Paul Verhoeven sci-fi action movie that they all have these similar things. It, it starts, and you don't have to wait too long for it to really crank into high gear. There's, all, there's so much fun involved, even though there's also... It's a lot of fun. There's there, there's always suspense. There's no B-story. Yeah, there's it's no B-story.
2: It's just like a line of scenes that just like go snap together one to the next the next.
0: Of course, we have to mention that this is based on a Philip. K. Dick story. But like super loosely. Super loosely, but it has all the earmarks of that. So many of his themes that ran throughout a good bulk of his stories are one placed in a great strange dystopian future uh, that's not completely different from ours. It's completely recognizable, but a lot of you know complete capitalist-run consumer world. And then the messing around with reality. Who are you? Or do you really know who you are? Yeah, You thought you knew who you are? Oh, now, guess what? You're somebody else. And those are very Philip K. Dick themes. I I haven't read the short story that this this is, but um, I'd like to. Have you? Do you know it?
2: I did a long time ago.
0: But it's called We Can Remember It For You Wholesale. Yeah, that's
2: right. I always get it confused with the, like...
0: Android's Dream of Electric Sheep? Yeah. I love that title.
2: When I was 19, I got kicked out of college, and started living with my best friend in Denver. I didn't have a job. And down the street from where we lived was a, a science fiction used bookstore. And so I went in and asked for a job. And um, they weren't even open five days a week. I think they are open three or four days a week. And I was just, you know, I was doing the thing where I was like just dropping off. I don't think I had resume, but I was just applying for jobs wherever I could. And uh, this guy and his wife ran this bookstore. He was a bus driver. For the Denver, like Denver Metro bus system or whatever, and just ran this thing as a hobby. He hired me, but it was all under the table cash, and you could only pay me 50% cash, 50% trade. Oh, nice. So, so well, yeah, except you can imagine after like two months of working there, I just had stacks and stacks of paperback science
0: fiction books. I had reading to do.
2: More than, yeah, more than I ever wanted. And then I think he really hired me just because he wanted somebody to talk to all day. So I would come in just work a couple hours, you know, a couple days a week, and and then he, it would just be him nonstop talking and telling me everything he knew about science fiction. And that sounds really fun. How old were you?
0: Nineteen. I want that job now? That's what I want my job yeah. to be right now.
2: Yeah, that'd be a good job. Except nobody's going to bookstores.
0: Yeah. This opens with a Mars scene, and and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. And the leading lady, Melina, played by uh, Rachel Takoten, are holding hands and they're gazing at Mars. And uh-oh, the ground goes out beneath them and they take a tumble and Arnold's face shield smashes on a rock. And we get the first of so many great animatronic puppet practical effects. You never forget this. Yeah. The eyes bugging out. Ugh. It's great. You're, so right away, you're just like, holy shit. And then this is Arnold Hemia having a night terror. And uh, yeah. who 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 is lying beside him? Young Sharon Stone.
2: Money, are you all right?
0: Which I completely forgot she was the wife. She uh, immediately tries to like sexy calm him. I mean, when you wake up from horrible nightmare, I've never had any partner do this to me. <laughs> yeah. They're usually just like, oh, well. Go take a piss and go back to sleep. Yeah, instead of just like hopping on top, even being like, "Well, does it better now? Is it better now?" <laughs> so you, can see, you can see, there's like some mindfuckery going on. So you
2: were suspicious from the get-go. I just
0: thought that was weird. Having seen the movie, I know her role, so I just noticed it more. I think the, the woman spy using their sex power on like that, and she also keeps them, you know, flipping through the channels. She's jealous that he always dreams of this mystery woman. He always dreams of Mars, and he always dreams of this mystery woman. She gets pouty angry with him about, who is this woman? You always dream of her. And he's like, I don't know. It's just a dream. He should totally
2: just lie, though, right? He should not be telling her about this brunette that he's dreaming. She doesn't need to know.
0: Well, you know, maybe they have a, a good communicative relationship.
2: I don't know. But then he's like, he's like, but I always come back to you in the morning, you know? Like, he's
0: having fun with it. He's playing a gag. And she gets kind of mad. And then I also realize that she's actually like kind of plying him for information to see if he knows who this woman is. It's
1: not funny. <laughs> Dogs dream about her every night. But I'm always Let back in go.
2: the morning. I had a hard time paying attention during this scene because his muscles are so big. I noticed too. He's just lying there in bed, right? And she's kind of on top of him and
0: his arm. Arms are... So much meat. Like, l- legs. <laughs> they're, they're so big. So we get a breakfast scene where he's watching the, the morning news on his great, you know, wall panel video screen thing. And you get like a bunch of news propaganda. There's a news clip. Yeah, there's a news clip, but we start hearing all about what's going on Mars. And there's like a rebel action and stuff. And they interview uh, the great Ronnie Cox, who plays the bad guy. It's, it's also very verhoeven you know you get this in robocop and you get this in starship troopers the televised propaganda that we also of course live in these days a little heavier handed in these movies so that it becomes more obvious
2: well so at this point he you know he really wants to go to mars and she Lori, uh, laurie played by sharon stone does not seem to really support his dreams to go to mars
1: laurie doug <laughs> let's do it do what
2: move to mars
1: Honey, why do you have to spoil a perfectly wonderful morning?
2: Yeah, she wants to, she's like, well, how about Saturn? And then, you know, he's like, no, I really, really Mars is what I'm interested in. And she's like, oh, you wouldn't like it. You know, you're a big baby <laughs> and it's dry. And she gives them some really weak
0: excuses.
2: You, you want a partner mm-hmm. who's going to support you. And if you have, it's not like his dream is to do something extremely dangerous. Like they, they have tourism. Right. It's a like, tourist
0: destination. I like that he does a lot of like, just puts on a big smile okay dear but i just really want to go mars and would you please get out of the fucking way so i can watch the news again
2: <laughs> yeah. i mean this is this is why like, arnold schwarzenegger is so great he's got so much charisma he can he really actually does have a lot of range he can actually act in if as long as he stays within what he's doing you know he's can be <sighs> he can be cute funny
0: serious yeah you
2: know he's, he can't be subtle. But you, nobody wants him to be subtle.
0: And, and a movie like this does not demand subtlety in that matter. But no,
2: it's great. He's so much fun to watch.
0: Mm-hmm. And his name is Doug Quaid. You get the sense that he's out of place. He feels out of place in his life. He says he just wants to do something with it instead of being a construction worker, basically. And he fucks off and goes to work.
2: And this is where we first see the, you know, the concrete world that they live in.
0: Looks so good. I
2: guess you know. I mean, they must. These I know these places exist. So like, you know, we both live in Tucson and whenever I would go to Pima West campus, I would always think that I'm in this kind of movie, this sort of like RoboCop, Total Recall future. It's Absolutely,
0: just, just poured concrete yeah, slabs. Everything. Very minimalist, all, almost brutalist architecture.
2: I mean, I'd like to know where they where they find these, these places to, to film these movies. Well chosen because it's so gray and sterile and... There's not a piece of metal or wood to be seen
0: anywhere you are now entering a safety zone no unauthorized weapons as he's going to work he's going to the subway and to go into the subway he has to go through basically a tsa checkpoint where we get the first scene of this black x-ray scene that everyone walks through and you just see their animated skeletons walking through and it's really it looks great. I think it still looks great. There's a lady with a dog. You can see the dog skeleton. Yeah. They, they make a good show of yeah, it. Yeah,
2: it's great. It was really impressive at the time, and it still works.
0: I, I totally agree. He gets, oh, I wanted to mention, too, he gets onto the subway, and it's just like 90s subway, except this subway has televisions <laughs> everywhere. Big
2: CRT T monitors.
0: Right, since they don't have flat screens yet, you have these big tube televisions <laughs> strapped into the subway. And I love this also is a, you know, a Verhoeven... Philip K. Dick esque device that we actually live in now, but we didn't live in then, where you can't go anywhere without like a commercial right. coming at you. You know, whether you're at the gas pump, yeah, or you're at you're just walking down the street, it's happening now. So that was it was prescient. Yeah, for sure. In 1990.
1: Have you always wanted to climb the mountains of Mars? But now you're over the hill. Then come to Recall Incorporate. Where you can buy the memory of your ideal vacation cheaper, safer, and better than the real thing. So don't let life pass you by. Call recall. For the memory of a lifetime. For the memory of a lifetime. We call recall
2: recall. And the commercial that we see is very important it's for recall. We get a, a little a little man, Doctor Edgemar. Or- I think is his name. I I, I recognize the actor from something, but I...
0: His name is is Roy Brocksmith. He's a great character actor. I mean, he's been in in so much stuff. There's a Star Trek Deep Space Nine credit.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: As soon as I saw that, I remembered in TNG he plays...
2: He was the guy with the finger, like the the weird finger
0: game. Yeah. That's
1: right. The Zakdorn master strategist, Siona Kalrami.
0: Man, we're just beginning to dip in. There's, there's several Star Trek. Yeah, well, I, I saw one more. Okay, yeah, definitely at least one more. Well, there's two. Okay, we'll get there. I'm excited. Yeah. See if you can guess. Uh, <laughs> oh, we're
1: such dorks. Despite their reputations.
2: So Doug, Doug's interest. You can tell he's thinking about it. You know, you're stuck with a, in a relationship with somebody who doesn't support your travel dreams. So he's going to compromise.
0: It's a good idea. It's a good idea. He's going to find a way to do it, satisfy himself without increasing the tension in his home life.
2: Yeah. Okay. So now he he, he goes to work and there's more jackhammers than I've ever seen in one place. Harry,
1: Harry, Give her a recall.
0: <laughs> I know. What? There's like 25 people on jackhammers.
2: What are they all doing and why do they all need
0: jackhammers? Maybe they're mining the raw materials to pour all that concrete with. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so he he stops jackhammering and starts yelling at his his buddy. I ask him about what he thinks about recall. And the first thing I notice is that he's like, "Hey, Harry," and Harry's like, turns off his jackhammer. Turns like, "What's up?" And no one there is wearing ear protection right. at all. <laughs> not even earplugs for a symphony of jackhammers. Amazing. The future apparently safety does not come first. Recall. Hold on real quick. Okay. I'm going to run to the fridge. Yeah, I'm going to do that too. Right.
2: I was drinking uh, sangria and Kool-Aid. Now I'm going to have a beer. You call that? I don't know. Arizona hillbilly wine. Be good. All right. <laughs> After I have four four or five, I start buying light bars
0: online. If you have four or five, you, you smash through a masonry <laughs> wall in your house and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly your wife's like God, come on man
1: oh yeah uh oh alright
2: so Harry says don't do it I know a guy he got lobotomized
1: friend of mine tried one of their special offers. nearly got himself lobotomized
0: and this is a famous character actor as well but he he did a great job of giving a look like extra like a second too long
2: once the Arnold Schwarzenegger character Doug like here's that he might get lobotomized
0: he seems to give up the idea the fuck with your brain pal then the very next scene is Arnold in the lobby of Recall Office with the uh, like hot young receptionist who's changing the color of her nails with an electronic pen stylus. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. That's such a cool thing.
2: But she's clearly got a psychosis or addiction because she just... It's just like a fidgeting... What is that called when you just do something? A tick? nervous tick where she's just changing the color of her
0: nails over and over. Yeah, it seems like she's really bored at work and... That's what's entertaining her.
2: Well, I mean, they gave her a a typewriter. (laughs) Does she have an actual typewriter on her desk? Yeah, she's got like a (laughs) giant typewriter. So,
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, she's not going to type on that thing. It's going to fuck up her nails. I love how she gives Arnold Schwartz, she looks at him like a piece of meat. It's great. Yeah. Gives him an up and a down. And we get Dr. Fella comes out, or at least the salesman, and uh, he starts giving giving him the lowdown. This guy does a great job as like car salesman guy have a seat make yourself comfortable thank you now help me out here doug you were interested in a
2: memory of uh mars. yeah mars
0: he gets him interested and he's like okay i'll do mars
2: you're the boss mars it is
0: and the guy gives him the papers to fill out and he's like well let me tell you about our options and Arnold's like no options no options no that's terrible no options <laughs>
2: there you go i can't either i'm I, not good at i'm not good not at arnold close. either
0: he gets him back on the hook and talks about the options and and he puts the options up on, the, it's called the ego trip. Right. Let me suggest that you take a vacation from yourself. It's like a, a series of options come up, you know, like be a millionaire playboy. Be a, <laughs> I don't remember what the second one was. And the third one was international spy or whatever. And he's like, oh, spy right away. As Soon as he saw it, he knew that's what he wanted to be. Why go to Mars as a tourist when you can go as a playboy or a famous jock? Or secret agent. How much is that? Gets the full package. With a secret agent with a girl. He's like, well, I won't give it all away. The salesman says, I won't give the whole story away, but you're a secret agent on a mission with a double identity. And to say the least, at the end of the day, you kill the bad guys and you get the girl. And and Arnold's like, yeah, okay, this is awesome for me. first trip so he's in the big chair the operation room i guess for total re- for recall
2: yeah they're gonna stick those memories and
0: stick them right in there there's like a head scientist and her nerdy assistant dr
2: lull
0: good evening lull i'm dr lull, I'd lull you to sleep nice to meet you rosemary dunsmore dr lull she injects him with the sleepy drug and starts asking him questions at the same time as he's getting sleepy
2: yeah i liked this part a lot she's like we want to fine-tune your trip It seems to be specifically about what female fantasy but she says it a couple times like now remember like the more honest you are the more you're gonna enjoy it and I, the way like the dialogue is just very much that i think still in line with that like philip k dick
0: kind of like fucking with your head Mm-hmm. and drug worlds other alternate realities
2: ernie patch in matrix 62b 37
0: televisions are strapped yeah. into a, like an articulating swivel arm that like she brags over across the room okay and they they show a couple bodies and he chooses athletic and brunette just say nothing about that tv i was actually necessary like it wasn't actually helping him make
2: a choice in any way <laughs> it's for us
0: they're just doing more like technology stuff
2: we want to see the thin, athletic, and voluptuous woman <laughs> changing
0: mm-hmm. on, a, on a screen.
1: So, how do you like your women?
0: And he chooses athletic, he chooses brunette, and as he's going to sleep, she's like, what personality? You know, like, sleazy, uh, coy, something, you know, demure. And he's like, sleazy. She's like, being honest, he's like, demure. And we get a picture of... Melina on the screen, which is kind of the one thing that should not have happened, but it was that was also for the viewer.
2: Well, why should it not have happened?
0: The recall office is just in the mundane world, and it doesn't know what his dreams are or that this other person actually exists. So the the computer mock-up of this fantasy person wouldn't be the actual person.
2: I guess I figured that what if this whole thing was all true?
0: even like the whole thing? The whole yeah. whole thing? Like,
2: yeah, the whole whole thing. Right. I
0: guess if it was, that's the real crack. There would be that the whole rest of the adventure is also just happening inside of his head. It didn't like take me out of it. I was just like, huh, well, okay. Just to remind us that this is the girl of his dreams yeah. that he actually dreams about.
2: Right. There's this one good line where, so there's this this younger sort of boy boyish looking doctor or assist, assistant in the lab room. And I forget what Arnold asks, but then the, the kid says, things hardly fuck up around here. Like, yeah. That was great. I mean, this movie has so many funny little, like, one-liners. Well, don't worry. Things hardly ever fuck up around here.
0: Shit is going down in the surgery room. We
2: get a shot of that, and and Arnold is having a little bit of a freak-out session as he's trying to get up. Freaking out, Dr. Lull is like, we have
0: another schizophrenic embolism.
2: The salesman goes in. They end up having, like, Arnold is overwhelming them with force they have to load him up with more sleeping shots to the leg so that he goes unconscious and then they're they're sort of all yelling at each other the salesman is like how did you fuck this up how did you fuck this up and blah blah blah. he thinks you know and, and they're saying he thinks he's a you know a spy and the salesman's like well you fucked this up and she's like
1: i'm afraid that's not possible why not because we haven't implanted it yet
2: she says something along the lines of like i found a memory cap so she's seen that that he'd been his memory had been tampered with
0: and you can tell that they all know what that means they're scared shit well
2: yeah and that kid says we're all talking about the same thing right it's the agency
0: and she goes shut up <laughs> <laughs> just slaps him unnecessary we're talking about the fucking agency
1: shut up bob The client's
2: gone. They're pretty convinced the agency is going to come gunning for them. They want nothing to do with that. So they they erase his memory, put him in a cab. They agree to never talk about it. And the cab...
0: Hey, yeah johnny Cash. these
2: are the greatest why why don't these exist yet
0: someone will say they'll put someone out of a job it's true but that needed to create a new I? job for people well, who were yeah
2: but we have we have self-driving cars the problem is we don't have the character like this who does this remind you of this yeah
0: animatronic character driving the cab it's definitely characterized off of like trolley car operator kind of thing yeah, like late 40s or, yeah, I guess early 50s. However, do you recognize his voice at all? No. never going to get this. I'd be very surprised. I was very surprised because I just stumbled upon it as I was watching the credits. That is the second Star Trek reference. That was the voice of Robert Picardo. No. The EMH, yeah. Really? In <laughs> Voyager. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> this
1: isn't part of my program. I'm a doctor, not a doorstop.
0: And he's all like, where am I? And it's like, you're in Johnny Cab. And how did I get here? You came in through the door. The
2: facial expressions that this thing gives and the eye rolls, like they're they're sort of tweaky, like it doesn't work perfectly, but it's, it's hysterical. It's so great.
0: It's made to be, in the time that it exists, kind of a cheaply made robot. Yeah. It looks a lot like something you'd see at like Coney Island or something, or a fair, you know? Fortune telling. Yeah, exactly.
2: The fortune telling.
0: Its weird lips just move over its smiling teeth. One eyeball will like jerk to the side,
2: <laughs> you know, and it's, it, but it makes these weird smiles and it's like almost amused with itself.
0: Exactly. It's, it's very very jovial and and a little bit maybe a little bit patronizing as well
2: like i want to watch just a tv show where like this is the main character (laughs) there was that new york cab quiz show that was on for a while i just want to see like a pseudo reality show where this this uh thing is like
0: driving people around snarky robot picks you up i could i could have
2: seen a lot more
0: of. i agree and we get him back fortunately you're in a johnny cat We gets near his housing complex Yep. dropped off and his buddy harry from work is there a recall 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 he's kind of surprised to see him harry's like you went to recall i told you I had to go to recall you fucked up your brain let's go get a drink he's like no nah, i'm just tired i want to go home then he kind of whips out a gun he's like i think we gotta go get that drink He's so uncool with trying to, you know, get his job done. He immediately just goes for, we're going to take you in this back alley and murder you.
2: Right, well a bunch of other guys show up, they grab him. He's got
0: a bunch of uns with him. And we get the kind of Manchurian candidate battle scene where Schwarzenegger character just fucks these guys up.
2: This is where we see it, I think right for the first time, that we're getting like good old school 80s violent you know where it's not like
0: where the verhoeven bloodbath begins
2: yeah and it's just like that 80s style where uh it wasn't super realistic and it was over the top it's it's gory but it's it's not hard to watch whereas like a lot of like gory violent stuff that comes out now it's much harder for me to watch because it's it's not clowny this is almost clowny. like it's not it's not ridiculous
0: yeah he makes he makes hamburger or these guys in short order and has that moment of, and that's why I say Manchurian candidate, or I guess these days people would say uh, born identity kind of thing where he's looking at his bloody hands like in astonishment. He goes home and <laughs> Sharon Stone's having a great tennis lesson yeah. with a hologram, which mm-hmm. is fun. They both have awesome leotards on.
2: Yeah, they do. Yeah. And the, the hologram effect looks great. He hits all the lights off and like,
0: and they're trying to kill me and she's like, I don't believe you, I don't believe you. <laughs> He turns his hands over that are really covered in blood. Yeah. Yeah. Like he could not have touched anything else like he did coming into the hotel without <laughs> leaving bloody handprints all over the place. Yeah. He's like, is this seem like my imagination? It's like, holy shit.
2: Yeah. And then he goes and he washes his hands. And I don't know if you noticed this, but he basically just rinses the blood off for like a split second. And then the bowl, the basin of the sink is covered in blood. And he takes some water and splashes his face, and and takes his hands up, you know, and like washes his face. But it's like you have to, you have to be a lot cleaner before. Like <laughs> that's other people's blood all over your hands, and you just barely rinse it off. Use some soap. <laughs> like don't rub that in your eyes.
0: You got to sing "Happy Birthday" to yourself twice. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do the alphabet.
1: Listen to me, sweetheart. Those assholes at Recall have fucked up your mind.
2: While he's doing this poor hand-washing routine, we see that Sharon Stone, Lori Lori Quaid, is on the the video horn with uh, some new person. Hello. We find out that Ryan's suspicion that maybe she's not who she says she is is true.
0: Somehow I knew it. Somehow I could see it coming. And then she... Starts taking pot shots at him from the dark. Yeah. The flashlight, and he thinks, he doesn't know it's her. He's no. like, you know, Laurie, get down! <laughs> that, was, that was good. How, was that better? I like that. <laughs> he gets the jump on her, and, you know, you can see the look of surprise on his face when he realizes that it's his wife he's fighting. Glory. <sighs> but he doesn't miss too many beats, and Ava, she kicks ass. And falls. <laughs> kicks him in the stones a few times. Yeah. <laughs> It seems like it's definitely her doing these compound fight scenes. There's a couple high leg kicks that were definitely not her. How did you think they do that? Because... Well, they were off
2: screen. I mean, she was off screen.
0: Oh, okay. Because I feel like there was a couple also where you see her. I mean, you're facing her body. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I think she did the majority of it. But there was like one early on where there's a really, really high leg kick. And you just see him. and the, oh, okay. the leg is coming from off. I think Sharon Stone is fit. And she's probably athletic. But that seemed like that was an screen
0: yeah anyway you cut it total badass <laughs> to coincide with the movie's release Sharon Stone posed nude for Playboy magazine showing off the buff body she developed in preparation for the movie she pumped iron and learned to taekwondo and she was also uh, inducted into the uh, stunt persons uh, union or whatever for these for this movie. Although never mentioned in the film, the cover of the VHS edition mentions that it takes place in 2084 A.D. This has also been confirmed by Paul Verhoeven. He mentioned Blade Runner as an example of a movie with far too advanced depiction of the future for the time period it is supposed to take place in, which was 2019. He wanted to avoid that for total recall by situating it much further into the future. That's fun.
2: Well, it's still believable, I think, that, I don't know, by 2084, we're not going to have a city on Mars, but it's just gonna like one We're not going to have shit mining. unless we
0: change our ways.
2: Well, right. But I mean, the way we were headed,
0: if we, if we, if we were still going in the, in the positive direction. Um, I think you'll like this. This is the last thing I'll read off of this before we get back to it. Uh, after seeing uh, Sharon Stone's performance as Lori in this movie, director Paul Verhoeven cast her in Basic Instinct due to her ability to play a character that could change from a timid, charming sweetheart to a diabolical person and back again at a moment's notice. He also stated that this is the way Sharon Stone is in real life. <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. <laughs>
1: some of it was fun.
0: So it seems like she starts to spill the beans. He's got the gun to her head. He's he's kicked her butt. You can tell, though, that it's also just one of her tactics to try to back into his mind and, and turn the table slightly and kind of calm him down like, all right, I'll, I'll straight talk you. Here's some truth. I've only been on this job for, what, a few months or eight weeks or something. And he's like, what do you mean? We've been we've been married for eight years. It's like, no, I don't even know you. This is my job. I don't know why. You know, she's, she definitely does a good secret agent thing. Like, this is just my, this is my part of the job. I don't know anything more than this, but I'm being straight with you here. And kind of gets him like, hey, well, don't you want to just bang one more time? Yeah, she's
2: like, and by the way, I know you just murdered people, but didn't, 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 me
0: kicking you in the balls, get you in the mood. <laughs> Doesn't, oh, that's not what you and your wife do. <laughs>
1: Clever girl.
0: So he runs the fuck out of there. What does he knock her out?
2: Well, yeah, he does. Cause he's like, he's like, ah, oh, maybe we could do something. Maybe we could get it on. But then he sees on the videos. Oh, that yeah. That they, they're coming for him. And she was tricking him. Yeah. Wax her on the
0: head. And then, bolts and um, Richter by the amazing Michael Ironside hello who plays a bad guy in so many 80s movies yeah Uh, he's so good at it he comes in with his goon squad and you get the sense there's something more going on between Richter and Laurie Quaid but the the nerd tech guy of the squad has a a portable tracking device helm is this character helm helm I think yeah helm and uh, you're right michael Champion.
2: yeah i remember him from uh beverly hills cop oh shit
0: yeah he was super familiar
2: but uh, and also um cohagan who we meet later i guess we haven't met cohagan yet
0: ronnie cox he was the he's like the chief of police is in- the detroit chief right or is he the la chief he's the la chief of ronnie cox
2: i associate him so strongly with that character that like, in this movie I, I have a hard time when i see him because i'm like oh you're in charge You'll come around and be a nice. You'll, you're like the tough. You're the tough prick, but you'll come around and and warm up. <laughs> what was what was Eddie Murphy's character's name in that? Axel Axel Foley, right? Axel yeah. Foley, you got like, it. You'll come around. You'll you'll learn to love Axel, but it doesn't happen in this movie. Is
0: not he the uh, the main bad guy in RoboCop as well? Uh, Ronnie Cox. Yep, there he is. Yeah, he yeah. is Jones. He plays this basically the same character. Yeah. He plays. Robocopy plays in this. And since we're talking about him, also famously uh, gets a two episode story arc in TNG when he replaces Captain Picard.
2: No, that's right, yeah, that's him. Oh yeah. That's Ronnie
0: Cock, Captain Jellico. I don't want to talk about it. Get it done. That's right. Oh my god. He isn't <laughs> he plays one so fucking well. <laughs> So, do you have
2: any more Star Trek characters in this? Oh, there's
0: still one coming. Yeah. Okay.
2: I just wanted to know if I wanted to know if you if you saw that one, but I think you Uh, did. Okay,
0: we'll find out.
2: Because I thought you said two, and you've you've already found
0: two. So I think that's my third one so far, right?
2: Third, really? We got we got Picardo. We
0: had someone before Picardo, though. You have to listen to the episode to remember.
2: (laughs) Nice. They can track him. So the, the agency's clearly looking for him. Now we know that he's bugged, but he doesn't know it yet. But now we get the really iconic x-ray mm. scene. So he's he's escaped. He's running back onto the subway. So he's got the gun that he stole from Sharon Stone. You know, and I'm just saying maybe it's not stealing because it's his wife's gun. Technically, I don't want people writing emails in. Uh-huh. Yours is mine yeah to get on the train he's going through the x-ray machine again so we see the wall of x-ray and the alarm goes off and there's like a circle around the gun you see his skeleton with the gun and it's so all the security guards are coming around and, and you can see them from the front and the back these skeletons are coming for him oh, i love
0: that the skeleton does a total double take yeah the skeleton's like looks left looks right oh shit like touches the gun under his shirt
2: and then he jumps he jumps through the x-ray glass screen towards the viewer. It's beautiful. It's such a great, stunning, like, bit of sci-fi.
0: When you shoot people in film with bullets, when you're, when you're shooting people, not shooting film, you know, in movies, you, you put blood packs that are called squibs in, in their clothing to explode. And I feel like Paul Verhoeven always puts three <laughs> times the amount yeah so like bullets are just taking chunks of meat out of these people i'll
2: probably say it over and over but this is such a like i am such a non-violent person i don't love violent movies but these this 80s style of just kind of going in this ridiculous way makes it so much easier for me to watch and you also see that like the total disregard for life that these people have because as they're pursuing arnold they're just they're just shooting into crowds into trains with people
0: that. Guy right in front of him on the escalator catches a couple bullets. Well, yeah. So Arnold just grabs him as he starts was... using his corpse as a shield. Yeah, this... <laughs> <laughs> this bystander is just a human meat shield.
2: What the fuck is going on down there? He gets a room in a hotel or something. He's still being tracked. They know exactly where he is. He gets a phone call
1: if you want to live don't hang up claims it's
2: his old friend he's got a suitcase it's like
0: martin landau
2: he took a break from angel fly down to
0: oh highway to heaven i mean would you say angels fly down yeah but that's what that
2: was <laughs> <laughs> we find out that douglas quaid in the past packed a suitcase gave it to his friend and said if i ever disappear give me this bag here's my
0: bug out bag
2: yeah. The guy's like, I'm done. This is all I, I told you. I like. I agreed to do this.
0: If you ever disappeared, you disappeared. Here you go. I'm leaving it by the phone. You have to come get it. Airsats Martin Landau. And it says, you're bugged. And he starts like patting down his pockets. Arnold Schwarzenegger's like, nah, man, it's in your skull. You got to go put a wet towel on your head.
2: Right. And we see that this distorts the signal and the people that are tracking him now don't have such pin precision. So he runs out to get the briefcase. And this is a this type of thing happens in this movie a lot where it's like a a quick interaction with just a non character he's grabbing the suitcase and there there's like an old an old woman beats him to it and so they they they're, they're kind of wrestling over it. Yeah, it's like such an unnecessary little element to the movie, but it's just another opportunity for there to be like a, a gratuitous line or a jokey line or something. So like this yeah, these things happen. So he Yanks it away from her. They're having a tug of
0: war of the suitcase.
1: Fuck you, you asshole. So
0: this whole scene kind of takes place on a kind of dark, busiest street. And we get to see if a lot of the different cars that they have. And it seems like they made they really built like a few different like built new chassis basically on top of um, you know, Yugos or something. Uh, you know, little tiny compact cars, but they built they built all these different a few different model types of these future cars you see a bunch of them driving around and they look great i mean they all look like wedges of cheese and stuff
2: that was like the c team this is all the interns they're like here's a lot of
0: cardboard cardboard and plywood so he gets out of there with the johnny cab
2: yanks the johnny cab
0: out of its stock yeah the johnny cab's like i need a destination basically and he goes ah and he grabs it and it looks even more like an amusement (laughs) park ride at this point the torso of the johnny cab just like on a metal pole bolted to the floor it looks like current technology or past technology like a you know bumper car or something and i I love that and he grabs like this one throttle handle throws down and, and the johnny cab peels out and he's off but the robot is like still talking and stuff which is also really fun it turns out that it's not just a Johnny Cab, it's it's a real explodey cab.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: so we're to an industrial part of town and Johnny Cab is flipping the fuck out.
2: Yeah, he catches on fire. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it drives into a wall, and apparently it was loaded with like five barrels of gasoline.
1: We hope you enjoyed the ride! <laughs>
2: Yeah, so he's yeah he's in this industrial complex. He finds a rat-infested concrete
0: slab and throws this du- <laughs> throws the suitcase down on top he's, of it. Well, he he like arm sweeps a bunch of rats yeah. off of this table, sends like seven rats flying, but there's like two still on the table that did not give a fuck at all. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and then he doesn't give a fuck
2: either. He's like, well, that's enough room for my briefcase. So he, I guess you guys are cool. Puts his briefcase down, opens it up. There's a screen inside.
0: It's a giant computer. Yeah, it, it's. We do everything on our phones these days for most people. And this is like a 25-pound steel titanium, like, desktop briefcase.
2: In the 90s, they did have Active Matrix liquid crystal displays. When he first opens up the briefcase, it's clearly something like that. But I don't think they could have done the video. So he opens this laptop. I mean, he opens this briefcase up, sets it on the table, and he's basically then sees that it's himself. He had recorded
0: some home video of himself.
1: Howdy, stranger. This is Hauser. The image
0: of himself uh, introduces himself as Hauser and says, you're not you, you're me. And the agency fucked us because what we're holding in our brain box here can take them all down. I realized I was on the wrong side because I also got friendly with this amazing woman who helped me, who helped turn me around. So that's why they washed your brain and we got to get back on task here, buddy, because we got some work to do and pull out this crazy-looking gun thing from the kit. You're going to have to jam this up your nose to pull the bug out of your skull. Just shove it in there real hard, and don't worry, it's self-guiding.
2: Yeah. And he looks at the end of it, and it's like one
0: of those cheap hardware store, like, lost thing down the drain grabbers. (laughs) And so he does it, and we bring back for the second time this animatronic robot Arnold Schwarzenegger head. I got to say, I think it looks really good. I thought it was just face prosthetic. There's a bunch of these in this movie. They made them for several characters. It's it's an animatronic head, you know, who has wires to all the different facial pulleys. So someone off screen is like pulling the, the cables in their hands. And you have Arnold's arm reaching around off screen and sticking the thing up its nose. It really has... Like so many layers of expression they pull out of this thing tell that it's a prosthetic but it looks really good for what it is yeah it doesn't take you out of it
2: well and it also didn't take the original arnold Arnold schwarzenegger out of it because as he was filming himself he's filming this message for his for himself in the future he actually paused yeah (laughs) and 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 like smirks while while he's waiting for himself to pull this thing out of his nose
0: he's an interactive uh
2: He's like, he's like, oh, wait, I'll sit here and wait. He's like, it's going to hurt. It's kind of funny. And he smiles. <laughs> he's like watching.
1: On an hour, he could have total recall.
2: The goon squad found him because the cab had exploded. And somebody says over the radio, like, there was an explosion at the old cement factory. <laughs>
0: and- Why is that cement factory <laughs> out of business? Does make any sense in this world? Exactly. Things should be booming there. <laughs> This, the thing should be running 24-7. Get your ass to
1: Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars.
2: To set the scene, like now we know we're at Mars. There's a painting of Mars in the city and the pyramid mine behind the city. One of the things that was bad about the Phobos and Deimos, I don't remember which one, but one of those moons actually travels so fast. You watch it like go across the sky so it wouldn't be still if you saw it but so the the place that his old self used to work was the pyramid mine and that's where in the news clips they had mentioned alien technology yeah one of the things that might not be clear to somebody who is watching this movie today is that you know the 80s was like really the heyday of like mars pyramid like the face on mars was so
0: mars the pyramids all these signs of of ancient civilizations
2: yeah I know people there's still crazy people out there that believe in the face on Mars today in the pyramids, but but in the eighties it was way it was way more of a fun thing to think about because we only had one picture of the face on Mars and and it looked like a
0: face right so we' we're, we're getting our shot from inside uh, Customs on Mars We're coming in off the starship transport and we get this really tall red-headed kind of buxom lady in a in a mustard yellow robe yeah. and they're like asking her stuff
1: so how long do
2: you plan to stay on mars two weeks he's like double checking the id card
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. things are checking out and he goes did you bring any produce do you have any cheeses meats
1: have you brought any fruits or vegetables onto the planet two weeks
0: he's like excuse me and this actress does such a killer job she's twisting her face all around she looks like she's having right. like, a total conniption it's still her face. There's, like, no CG
2: going on. She's got, got her fingers in her mouth. She's, like, pulling at her face, clearly malfunctioning.
1: Excuse me? Uh, two, two weeks. weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Uh,
0: are so we see Richter. He's walked by, and he's looking back. It seems like he was apparently on the same flight.
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And
0: so, hence the disguise. Those guys came in on the same, like, red eye from Earth, basically. Boy,
2: Richter's face is going to be red when he figures that one and out. And
0: here is the other Star Trek reference, right? Yeah, Mark right. Alamo. Yeah, how about that? That's so great. I was like, immediately, like, I fucking know that face. I didn't get it at all. Sarah was watching with
2: me, and she's like, Is that Mark Alamo? And I was, like, I was like, Who the hell is Mark Alamo? It's Gal Ducat.
1: To force them. To acknowledge your greatness. Oh, my God.
0: It was great to see him. And he gets a few fun lines. You know, he's he plays a captain in the military unit, the corporate military unit on Mars. and Yeah, he's got the beret. Yeah, he's got a cool orange beret. And Richter has given him a bunch of shit. But he also is not, he's not flummoxed by Richter. That guy needs to be given shit, too.
2: Yeah, Richter says, that's Quaid. Like, he hasn't even seen. He sees the commotion. He just sees the malfunctioning. She's like. Freaking out. The She's head like, is pulled off and oh, it's Arnold. Yeah, who's inside? It's it's Douglas Quaid. So he's now he's holding this mask over and he says catch and he throws it to one of the soldiers. And <laughs> the best it's you know, now it's the actress's head like looking up at the soldier, and she goes,
1: Get ready for a surprise! <laughs>
2: then
0: it explodes.
1: Open the goddamn door! I can't open it! They're all connected
0: gets to, like, roll under one of the blast doors that's coming down. Actor turns to Ducat and he's like, open it up. The system's on, like, chill the fuck out, man. He gets away and he gets on to uh, basically the train on Mars to get to his hotel. And he's on the train and he's kind of looking out the window and there's a guy standing next to him. And you probably recognize this guy. He's a famous character actor. He's been lots and lots of stuff. He always plays, like, a biker type. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Excuse me, what's that? You mean the pyramid mine, I used to work there until I found that alien shit inside. That guy who, before he started doing bit character actor roles, I was Bob Dylan's drummer when he had the, his first electric band.
1: What?
2: Really? Mickey Jones? Yeah, it's
0: Mickey Jones. Yeah, on the
2: 1966 World Tour. Founding member of the first edition with singer Kenny Rogers. Oh,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I have no idea what the first edition is. I thought that was a boy band.
0: That's the new edition, my friend.
2: Oh, 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 not the first one.
0: I don't believe you. And now we get a scene in Ronnie Cox's office. Richter, do you know why I'm such a happy person? No, sir. And he just big dogs the shit out of Richter. Richter's got it back down. He's like, yep, okay. Well, yeah,
2: we didn't, really, we didn't really mention it, but Richter's been trying to kill
0: Quaid. His whole concern is like, I just want to take this guy off the board, and that's going to solve all of our problems. You don't know enough about this situation. You just yeah, do what Co- I tell you to do. like, we, we want him alive. And also that he was my buddy. And he, we also get him like feeding his goldfish.
2: Oh, yeah, right. It shows you that he's sort of got a sweetheart to him. He's got a soft spot for yeah. his fish.
1: Who told you to think? I don't give you enough information to think. You do what you're told. That's what you do. And he
0: also lets loose a little tidbit that there are these mutants on Mars and that they have psychic abilities is kind of let drop in that conversation as well. That's right. So we change scene and Arnold Schwarzenegger is checking into the Hilton. There's so much product placement in this movie.
2: Yeah. I mean, I felt like, I felt like the Pepsi products, like they clearly paid for it, but there's a lot of stuff that I was like wondering how much of this was paid for versus or were they just trying to make funny? Are you
0: talking about Mars Today?
2: Yeah, Mars Today was one like that. Clearly, USA USA it did, didn't pay for that. Um,
0: they did a great job just using the same font and just made it red.
2: I don't even remember, but it's like you know, it's just like there was signs and all sorts of things that made you connect it with the modern world. The 1990s modern world.
0: I doubt Hilton paid for their name to be Well, in the- Well, here's the thing, I guess. I don't know how this works, but if they use it like that and use their logo, which they did, you'd think that they're either paying or would want to be paid for it. Somebody got paid.
2: Well, two companies that weren't in this movie, uh, their logos weren't in the movie, but I felt like their products were were... L.L. Bean and Banana Republic. Oh, yeah? Because of the jacket he was wearing? Yeah, I just feel like his clothing, and the,
0: yeah, and then a lot of the clothing of just other, all, a lot of other people were real. And like, that was the 90s L.L. Bean jacket. Yeah. corduroy collar.
2: Yeah, but even like there's some flannel, just pants. They just were like, we're not going to even try and make things look futuristic. We're just going to hit up Banana Republic and L.L. Bean, and that's going to outfit half of the cast, and then the other half will do something weird so they look like they're from the future.
0: So he gets up to the uh, concierge. And he, he does what Hauser told him to do. And he flashes his ID. And, and the guy's like, oh, do you want your usual room? He's like, yes, of course. And says, you left something in our safe. He's like, oh, I'd love that. And he hits like a thumb scan. He's like, identify yourself. And he kind of looks nervous about it. He took too many beats on that. It's like, just do it. You got to assume this has already been covered. Everything else was. But he did it. And he gets his, his safety b- deposit box. And the only thing in it is like a flyer for a sex bar in the uh, famous red light district of mars colony called venusville they really should have put the uh three booby girl on the flyer <laughs> yeah. really want to bring people yeah. in come on she's a big drive. so he he, he goes out and he, he gets a cab his eager cab driver his name is benny
1: hey man you need a cab well what's wrong with this one <laughs>
2: he ain't got five kids to feed
0: and, uh, you know, they shoot the shit and, he, and he's like, I want to go to Venusville. And he's like, all right, you're just going for it. For your first trip to Mars. Let's go to Venusville. They talk a little bit about mutants. We get some exposition about mutants because he doesn't know what they are or what the deal is. But we kind of get the, the DL that it's humans that have been mutated because in the poorer parts of, the, of this class society, they have like, cheap domes, Yeah. because Mars is Mars, so everyone lives inside of these glass domes, and I guess the cheap domes, you know, don't keep out...
2: They don't keep out the radiation. Exactly.
0: So we get these people who have, like, twisted up features and, like, half a face. A lot of meat faces. And so they pull into Venus still, and it's literally a red-light district... <laughs> Cause the light is red and we just have mars light coming in from from their like high skylights and we get giant fans that are pumping the oxygen in which we also learn is like a commodity of course that uh, ronnie cox keeps close to his vest so he, he charges the poor people all shitload of money for oxygen you get a great street urchin scene and fortune tellers and they're all mutants and they want to read his palm and tell his fortune and such
2: we got the little girl that tugs at the heartstring. Mm-hmm.
0: He he slips her a little something.
1: What do you want? I'm looking for Melina. Well, she's busy.
0: How about so-and-so? And this is the very famous, the three-breasted woman. <laughs> I don't know what I could say about it. It's just great that that's just her whole thing. <laughs> she's got three scenes, and every time it's just like, so, hey, how about these? Yeah, here's here again, let me show you the 3 breasts. But she's great. <laughs> and, and she's kind of like, whatever. And... Arnold hands the bartender a wad of cash Pink Mars dollars And uh, so he's like okay Hey Melina Dude, They're kind of having like the classic Kind of back and forth between uh, A sex worker and her John But she she doesn't realize that he doesn't know who he is And she's kind of right, She recognizes Yeah she knows him of course very well But she doesn't know that he doesn't know who he is And she grabs his crotch and
1: What you been feeding this thing?
0: Blondes
2: <laughs> I miss I misheard it and thought he said bonds. <laughs> like he's been investing in bonds. I, I was confused. They go up and 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 she immediately turns off the charm and she like slaps him and says, you know, how the why the fuck did you di- disappear? You're alive. I thought you were dead. So she's mad. She's clearly been in love with him. Thought he was dead. He's like, I don't know. I like I don't know what's up. I don't know who you are. I told myself to come find you. He's like
0: I dream about you. I don't know who you are, and I don't know who I am. And she's kind of not buying it. She just thinks he's a traitor, basically. And so he's like, all right, fine, fuck off. Goes back to his motel room. Sorry, his hotel room at the luxury Hilton on Mars. And waiting for, or he gets a knock on the door, and it is the chief of recall.
2: The guy, yeah, the guy from the ad. Roy Brocksmith is back.
1: You're not here, and neither am I.
0: He's there to assure him that you are trapped inside of the false memory this is when you pull the reality mindfuck trick on somebody
1: ah, i get it i'm dreaming and all this is part of the delightful vacation your company has sold me right? not exactly what you're experiencing is a freeform delusion based on our memory tapes but you're inventing it yourself as you go along
0: it's like none of this is real i've been interjecting in this reality to help talk you down because we need to pull you out of here and you just have to believe me. Like all these things are part of the, the ego trip package that you bought. Think about it, man. You're a secret agent. There's people trying to kill you. There's the, there's the brunette who's sleazy and demure. And he's wavering a little bit, but he doesn't really buy it. He's not buying it. And he's
2: like, well, I was dreaming about the brunette before I went to your, your shop. And then the doctor's like, that just even proves it more. You know, that this is, your, this is an invention of your own mind. And, yeah, and so then Quaid is like, well what, do, well, what do I do if I want to get out? The doctor is like, well, you just have to commit to leaving. And in order to do that, you have to take this pill. And it represents your commitment to not believing. It's good in-
0: mindfuckery. Yeah, I like it.
2: Yeah, and then the doctor is like, you don't have to take my word for it. See who's at the door. So then Quaid opens the door. <gasps> it's Lori, his wife. Oh. Oh, yeah. Aaron Stone is back.
0: She's like, look, baby. Just want to get you back.
2: Yeah. She's like, I'm in the, I'm in the recall center. And they're they put me in your dream to tell you that we're all worried about you. Come back. It's cool. I, I really like, I didn't think the movie needed this while I was watching it, but then it's like, oh yeah, it was really good to have this extra level, right? Of
0: Philip K. Dick's. Exactly. I feel like the watcher is pretty much on board. You know that the Schwarzenegger prime storyline is real, but it's great to throw that doubt into there. Yeah, Interject the doubt. interject the doubt into this character because from his point of view i mean it has to be disorient.
1: the walls of reality will come crashing down one minute you'll be the savior of the rebel cause and the next thing you know you'll be cohagan's bosom buddy you'll even have fantasies about alien civilizations as you requested but in the end back on earth you'll be lobotomized
0: so he's about to take the pill he kind of's going along he's like okay and he puts it in his mouth And the little guy is starting to get bossy. He's like, "Swallow it!" And he hesitates and watches, and you get that bit of sweat, the dribble of sweat that runs down, runs down Roy Brocksmith's head. And the Schwarzenegger character knows he's fucking lying, and he just puts a bullet right through the center of his head. And they do a great little slow mo where that actor totally plays that off. Awesome, the way he. Kind of shakes his head and his face goes all limp and weird. Lori
2: is kicking the crap out of Quaid. Yeah, she's like,
0: that's for making me come back to Mars. I fucking hate Mars. I had to come all the way up here. And Melina shows up for a rescue. They have a great um, lover on fake wife. <laughs> yeah. duke a they, they really throw down and kick the crap out of each other. And in the end, at the end of the day, uh it's Arnold who ends up shooting Sharon Stone.
2: Yep. And then he has some quip about that being considering that a divorce. Well, I forget what the what it is specifically, but classic Arnold. I mean, Arnold can't finish anybody without some sort of comment.
1: Consider that a divorce.
0: They're running and they're they're running away from the scene because Richter and his goon show up. You know, he lets loose that Laurie was actually his wife and he's really pissed now and the uh the tracker science guy michael champion has him dead to rights beads in on him he aims and he goes Uh. ah and he stops and you're like why did he do that and richter comes and he's like
2: no 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 right richter's about to shoot at him
0: they're right up against the dome so it's like if you crack the dome man we're all gone
2: well richter actually gets a shot off and it hits the metal ladder it's all when uh, Melina and Quaid are running at some point and they're, they're back in the pub- public, like they've gotten down from the dome, they're heading down to the street, they go down the short little flight of stairs and Melina very easily gets around this person that's on the stairs, but Quaid just yells, move! And like
0: just knocks the person out of the way. <laughs> so much so that the guy is just like flipped over and he's hanging off on
2: yeah, the rail. Like- Uh, That was unnecessary. This is just some innocent
0: bystander. What the fuck? Holy shit! They're bugging out to the uh, to the rebel tunnels, secret rebel base. So they get into the rebel camp. They don't want to let Benny in. They're like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And he does a big reveal where he kind of pulls off a fake hand, unscrews his robot hand that like waves as he's taking it off. Pretty fun. Right? Yeah. And then he whips out his big, long mutant alien arm. And so he's allowed to vouch for himself because... Because he's a mutant. They trust him.
1: Excuse me while I whip this out.
0: <laughs> and we get in and we meet, we meet the tough guy. And he's got just rebel leader vibes written all over him. And he leads Arnold into another room. And Arnold's like, oh, am I going to meet Quato now? And he's like, he's on his way.
2: This is George you're talking.
0: Is his name George?
2: Yeah, and we'd, see, we'd seen him at the bar before. But, and so we know that he's tight with Melina.
0: Marshall Bell is this actor. And you've seen him. He's been in a, a lot of stuff. So he's like, all right, Quato will be here in a second. Just sit tight.
2: Quato's a mutant. So don't get upset when you see him.
0: And he goes over into the corner and undoes his shirt and just kind of starts moaning and rolling his head around his shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is he doing? And then he reveals he's got like a an infant, a mutant infant protrusion. Like a, a conjoined twin. Yeah, he's got a conjoined twin. That's a, that's a good way of putting it.
2: He has to go into some sort of trance to produce this twin.
0: Yeah, it seems like the Quato being has to be able to like to to take over, I guess. Only one of them can talk at, at one time.
2: There's enough blood for one of them. There you go. George has to shut down his organs so that the blood will funnel into Quato. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And Quato can come to
0: life. That's why Quato looks a little worn out. Quato needs to see more sun. Yeah, He's all wet and gooey and pasty from just being inside a sweaty man's <laughs> shirt. His belly. God, he's got a stink. Yeah. Please
1: take my hand.
2: Yeah, so I love how Quay jumps right in to hold this thing's hands when Quato says, you know, hold my hands so that they can do the psychic bit. Very
0: accepting.
2: Yeah, I was like, Oh, there's there was zero hesitation there. I would have been very self-conscious. I would have felt like a total asshole, but I, I would have definitely
0: you were just thrown up. I
2: would I would just would have hesitated. Hold hands, huh? I would have like looked around for a napkin or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh George does say, um, look, Quato's a mutant, so don't be shocked when you see him. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Yeah. I don't think Arnold was <laughs> right. but he does. He plays it cool. He did, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Koado's like open your mind to me. And he, he takes his little gooey baby hand. Stubby,
2: stubby arms.
0: It really zooms in on Koado's like horrific face. It's oh it's so gross. Open your mind.
2: Open your mind.
0: But we get a look into the information that Arnold's Doug Quaid personality is carrying around from his original personality of this Howitzer guy. Or Hauser. Sorry, Howitzer is a giant gun. But Hauser tank. So whatever. <laughs> it's all a giant gun. Yeah, there's all giant gun names. Yeah, but
2: Quaid, Quaid has two giant guns. <laughs>
0: He sure does. He's got one on the left and one on the right, man. So what he sees is the Ronnie Cox character and some of the other goons inside the pyramid mine, we, we, are, we understand. And they're talking about this thing that we don't totally see yet. We just see that they're in a new environment, a new set we haven't seen yet. It's dark and there's construction lights and a scientist is saying something, something, something reactor. I think we should turn it on. And is like, that's crazy. Are you mad? It could blow up the whole planet. We don't know what it does. And we get to zoom out to this reveal of, What I think is a a really cool looking set. It really gives you a sense of its enormity and it looks like it's chiseled out of the rock.
2: Yeah, well, it's like the the whole Pyramid Mountain actually hollow.
0: Right, it's hollow and it's a machine of some kind, but really has the look of like, like it's a technology we don't understand by looking at it. Looks really cool. But it doesn't look like a cavern
2: or a cave. It's like...
0: Right, definitely fashioned, definitely machined. And we also get a a reveal of a big button because I love it when a device has a big button. You say it's a big button. It looks like a big
2: button. I, I don't know how they knew this thing was a button.
0: I know, except that it has a handprint on it.
2: Yeah, but still.
0: Yeah, three-fingered. Alien handprint.
2: That's how we know it's an alien.
0: That's how we know it's alien-made, and this is clearly where you're supposed to put your hand to turn it on.
2: I would have been walking around. Uh, it just looked like a little sculpture or a little like plaque that... Sure, it could have
0: been a plaque. It could have been a the the signature of the architect.
2: They were also sure this is how you turn it on. Now, obviously, they're there, and I'm not. And so that they probably had the uh, there was wires or cables hooked up to it or something, (laughs) you know. But I I, they were just like, oh yeah, no doubt. This is a a big thing. You put your hand. It's a giant sphere. You put your hand on it, and
0: this whole thing starts. It's got to be it, right? I guess so. That's the shorthand. I want the knife. And so he's coming out of his reverie, Guado mind trance, and there's lots of lots of bangs and booms going off. Rebel base is being attacked by the big drilling machines that they have in the underground Mars, and all the soldiers are coming. They've been they've been ratted out. Yeah, by who? By who?
1: I'll drive. I'm the kid. Out of my way, Pennsylvania. They're trying to get
2: away from him, and then they get stuck in a room, and Benny basically like locks them in this room, and then they come in.
0: Right, the bad guys. The bad guys come in. They got him dead to rights. Benny betrays him. I got four kids to feed. So what happened to number five? (gasps) Ah, shit, man. You got me. Now put your fucking hands in the air. And they just put a bullet right in Quato's little dewy baby head. Yeah, but he's not quite dead. He tells him something important.
1: Start the reactor. Fremont.
0: He says to turn the reactor
2: on. Yeah, yeah, because the, there's two options. Since either the reactor destroys the planet or saves the planet.
0: Yeah, Arnold, now he's turned on to, I don't know if he says it just yet, but he's turned on from his mind meld basically to what it does. Like He, he feels like he understands now that this is a this is a, a machine that's going to make an atmosphere. And Cohagen doesn't want that. Right, he's got the Monopoly on air and all that shit they drag arnold and melina to corporate where he finally meets the ronnie cox character face to face michael Ironside's is there or richter hello we get the videotape again of arnold as hauser talking to him like hey buddy how you doing uh guess what you know you've been played more than you realize i think his quote is this is the the best mind fuck yet I'm actually not on your side. I'm on Ronnie Cox's side and we just need to do this so we could get in there and to kill Quato. And now we're going to erase your brain because you got my body and I want to come back. It's just Arnold Schwarzenegger and then the camera zooms out to see that Ronnie Cox is standing next to him. Like, hey, that's right. I feel like they're trying to sell you a timeshare or something. They have a really funny, it's very, it's very infomercial to me. So
1: adios amigo.
2: Yeah, it's that that smirking thing Arnold is so, so good at. Mm-hmm.
0: Shit eating grin.
1: The guy's a fucking asshole. Not true. So he's
0: like, all right, wipe his mind, clean him up and I'm having a party tonight and I'll see you there.
2: And you can have Melina's. We'll wipe Melina's mind.
0: Right. We're going to make her your obedient wife, wifey slave, basically. Compliant, I think he says. Right. And Richter's got to get one more slap in there because Arnold killed Sharon Stone. So he gives him a punch in the nose and he says, I'll see you at the party. She's going to come back. I'm excited about this party. I know. We never get to the party. It's on the DVD. Oh, speaking of the DVD. Yes, what is it? I
2: own it on DVD. It comes in a round... Tin that's uh shaped and embossed like Mars. Oh man, that's nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is it red? It is red. How did you guess?
1: Switching to another channel, sir. I've got sunspots.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How do they get out of this one?
2: Uh, well, Quaid is so fucking strong.
0: They have him restraints in the mi- in the mind machine.
2: Yeah, and he pulls it out, and of course, it has this like long. Oh yeah. His arm is trapped in this cuff. And he busts it out of the chair and there's this long bolt on it, which he then like stabs into the neck of the operator.
0: Oh, this is the most stabby of stabby scenes. Everybody gets stabbed so badly in yeah. this
2: scene. Somebody gets a metal rod through the head, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So he's able to reach and unpin himself. They were getting shocked. So Melina's she's getting shocked while he's
0: fighting and then... uh she hacks some guy in the chest with an axe, too.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, they do a lot of like
0: the fireman's axe yeah. that you break glass. Yeah, I like that they still have those in Mars Future. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, because you got to hatch it through your like metal door if there's a fire, right? Because it's OSHA compliant, and so they get away.
2: Yeah, lots of gore. They take the axe with them.
0: Nice, I didn't notice that. Like
2: he, he tosses it to her as the elevator opens, and because he you know, he's got these giant arms, takes somebody out with his arms, but she gets the axe and then she swings it to some guy's gut as they, he comes off the
0: elevator. They quick cut from them stabby-stabbing in the in the, the brain control room to Ronnie Cox's office where he just smashes his fish tank in rage. And that's how we know.
2: Yeah, Richter gets on the video horn, says they get away, and then you know this whole time, Cohagen's been trying to not let Richter kill Arnold because Cohagen and Arnold were best buddies so finally Cohagen just says Kill him. It's about goddamn time You know right after he says it, he knocks over his fish tank you get to see them suffering on the ground
0: Yeah we see the, the poor goldfish suffering for, for oxygen and of course they do a cut back to Venusville where everyone's having the same problem Sir the oxygen level is bottoming out in sector G What do you want me to do about it? Don't do anything but they won't last an hour, sir. Fuck them.
2: So there's some urgency now.
0: Yeah, the clock is, has been ticking. They probably have a, a half an hour left of life or something.
2: I don't think Arnold ends up saving the fish.
0: Definitely does not save the fish. I can only hope that a, a, a production assistant saved the fish. Because you don't want to see those goldfish die. I hate seeing an animal suffer like that. He's kind of leading them just from his his new memories at this point her uh, Arnold and Melina, they're running down a tunnel they come to a dead end and he's like ah what is this it shouldn't be <laughs> what is it <laughs> ah, shouldn't be a dead end they're in a dead end and Arnold's confused about it and one of these drill tanks that burrows the tunnels around the mine comes starts coming at them and we realize Benny the cab driver is inside and he's just like i'm going to you know tear you apart yeah why is he why
2: is he mad at them
0: I don't know what his whole problem is, but they're they're just unloading their automatic weapons at this thing, yeah, point blank range. Like, I figure you would just be torn to shreds by ricochets. You
2: would, or you would just stop after you realized that
0: it was not doing
2: anything. Yeah. yeah,
0: you might want those for later. Arnold gets like a a hand construction work, workers drill and runs onto the side and is drilling in, and everyone's screaming, and he gets another great line and drills into Benny. Kills him. Takes care of that. But luckily... Oh, luckily the drill tank smashes through the wall yeah. and they're like, oh, it was a fake wall. Fake dead end. They break through the wall and now they're inside the pyramid mine. So Richter, he's got a bunch of troops
2: and they're they're hunting. And uh, yeah, so all of a sudden we see Quaid and the troops surround him.
0: And he, he uses this device he, that uh he gave himself when he thought his old self was his friend. That makes a a hologram. Yeah, he got it in the briefcase on Earth. Right, and it makes a holographic projection of yourself mirroring around, it seems like a few meters away.
2: Like, they're literally a circle of armed soldiers surrounding one person, and then they all start firing (laughs) at that one person.
0: They completely unload. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and, but they don't hit each other there's, at all. Yeah, zero friendly <laughs> fire. But there's no
2: way they were completely, completely from every direction surrounding him.
0: That's amazing. And then the Arnold character, like he kind of fakes getting hit. He's standing there shaking, and then he rights himself and starts laughing.
1: <laughs>
0: and they're like, what the fuck?
2: I've oh, got a hologram. That's my that's my Richter
0: impersonation. <laughs> nice. Solid.
2: <laughs> Everything's just gonna be ah
0: uh yeah that's each how a our a impersonations vegetable. go on this show <laughs> Each was like, <laughs> 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 yeah so
2: then then it's just cat and mouse games uh arnold's casket tossing the the hologram bracelet to melina she uses it you know he he doesn't use it but, but pretends like he is and, you know gets people to shoot each other uh, it's just pretty fun yeah. So basically now all of the troops are dead. With the exception of Michael
0: Ironside. Right. So
2: Richter and Arnold and they have they've got something to settle.
0: Again, I gotta call out that these sets look great. I love the way this elevator looks. Yeah. It looks very like lived in. All the minor stuff looks really beat up and dirty. Yeah. So they get on this mining elevator.
2: Molina is left behind as like, they as they're going up and they're mm-hmm. they're doing the old fist fighting.
0: I love an elevator fist fight.
2: Uh, it's pretty hard though to imagine that Richter has even a chance.
0: Oh yeah. With this guy. But, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like they're both taking some pretty solid hits, but you got to imagine those hits from Arnold. Are,
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: It's gotta be like, <laughs> good God. I mean, just watching it being hit with cinder blocks. Yeah.
2: There's no, there's no way. It, I can't believe that, that he's still standing. Or that Quaid is even doubling over in pain at all from
0: Richter's blows. Sure. Yeah. Cause he's such a solid hunk of meat. Yeah. The sheer tenacity of the Richter character must be what's getting him through. He's a real son of a bitch. And this climaxes. And <laughs> I mean, it just, it's just, it's so classic of movies of these times. Cause you gotta have, and a Schwarzenegger movie, he's, you got all these lines and this is kind of the culmination of his action movie line in this where Richter is hanging off of the elevator as it's rising higher and higher. And he he looks up and here comes, you know, the top floor is coming down on him quick and he just can't do anything about it. He just screams. And you think, you know, in a, any other movie, the guy would like let go and jump off at this point or something, but no, in a Verhoeven movie, it just cleaves his arms clear off at the elbows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you're just like,
2: "Holy shit!" While Arnold is holding his arms.
0: Yeah, Arnold's holding. So, so he's gone, and Arnold's still holding the, his arms by the wrists, his bloody stumps, and yeah. then throws the arms <laughs> down after him. It's just phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs>
1: See at the party, Richter!
0: He thinks he's free and clear, and he runs into the reactor. That's right, so now we're in that that
2: room where
0: the big button is.
2: You have the giant help button, or submit. There's no cancel button, but there's a big submit button. And Malina's still not around. Uh, Quaid's about to press the button. He's trying to figure Mm -hmm. out how to get his fingers into that shape so that he can just, you know, (laughs) fit his hand in there. Uh And uh, Ronnie Cox or Cohagen says, you know, all of a sudden you hear his voice. Like, stop, don't do it. It's gonna kill us all. You don't know what it does. And they, they talk about it a little bit.
0: Cohagen has a bomb. Oh right. He's got he's just like, I'll just blow this shit up.
2: Yeah, so he's just like, yeah. And I'll be I'll be home in time for cornflakes. <laughs> uh-huh. Doesn't make any sense because there's no there's no pressing time limit on cornflakes.
0: Shit lasts forever as long as it doesn't get oxidized.
2: I mean, I'll be home in time for lunch, you know, means <laughs> <laughs> you have to be home oh, sure. by a certain time, but cornflakes.
0: I gotcha. But really, if you like cornflakes, you could eat cornflakes anytime at yeah, day.
2: Right. Yeah, right. I know people sense. love
0: to eat cereal at night. I mean, I'm not one of them. I think cereal is bullshit food and no one should eat it. But that's just one man's opinion. Cereal? Yeah. Uh, I like cereal. Yeah. All right. You're, that's cool, man. It's not going to affect our friendship. It's part of a healthy breakfast. Clearly, yeah. At least that's what an animated tiger told me once. We're so then, Molina gets to jump on him, right?
2: Yeah, something happens. Anyway, they, they there's a struggle or an argument, and then uh, Cohagan's just like, "Well, fuck it, I'm gonna do the bomb."
0: And the bomb gets like kicked during the struggle and like tossed down the tunnel, and then it, it explodes out there.
2: So now you got decompression it's trying to suck everybody out in Mars.
0: Arnold and Molina and Ronnie Cox all hanging yeah by their fingertips and all vertical yeah. Or horizontal, I mean. Right, yeah.
2: The camera's sideways.
0: And uh, Ronnie goes first. He gets sucked out the tunnel, bounces down the hill, and he gets the uh, animatronic head. Eye bulge. Eye bulge, bloodshot, all the blood vessels are breaking because he's in the vacuum on Mars.
2: Lots of writhing. He looks very uncomfortable.
0: Very uncomfortable. you wouldn't expect this to happen to our heroes, but in short order, Melina loses her grip and she gets sucked out and we get, we get seen with her also asphyxiating and going, I eye, eye buggy crazy on the surface. And it's like, Oh no. And Arnold manages to fit his, his big muscular fingers into that three fingered shape and pushes the button. Lots of blue light comes out and he, too, gets sucked out yeah. at that point. And he's going through it. So they're both going through it.
2: Now they're just writhing around on the side of the pyramid mine out, outdoors mm-hmm. where nobody should be on Mars. Yeah, these rods start heating up and lowering down into... Well, at some point earlier, Arnold had said that the entire core of Mars was ice and that there's a there's a cl- glacier underneath this this pyramid so these things are plunging down into this you know ice glacier and
0: yeah they look like glowy lego heating elements
2: yeah. alien technology not that not that advanced
0: and right so they lower down into this ice pack and uh all the steam starts shooting out of the mountain
2: cracking and exploding and steam is going everywhere and that's just what you need when you're when you're asphyxiating and your eyes are bulging is you want <laughs> you want s- hot
0: steam to be shot at your face. Everyone knows that's <laughs> how you fix this problem. <laughs> so as the final reveal that was kind of mentioned is that the pyramid on Mars is a, a giant machine that will give Mars an atmosphere. And this happens in very short order. I mean it's a it's whole terrifying. planet that's got to be atmospherized or whatever you want to call it by this all this water vapor.
2: Yeah, instant terraforming. Mhm. Yeah, and uh, their faces return to normal, no damage.
0: Nope, no stretch marks. takes a couple minutes. It's pretty slick.
2: You would assume that every capillary would be busted and they would just look like...
0: Yeah, they just have those red eyes that people get. They'd, they'd look like Mickey Rourke. Yeah, they would look like Mickey Rourke, exactly. Um, I had a question about Mars I want to ask you. So besides that we get several times this the scene of them of people suffocating in uh, the atmosphere or lack thereof on Mars that has an atmosphere just not much of one in the scene where they they get oxygen back and they go back to normal they're also just standing there like ha huh, this is great in their shirts like isn't it really cold yeah like it should be really cold right
2: yeah but i mean you got all that hot steam that just happened
0: mm, so it's more like a sauna effect right i now. guess
2: i mean some residual heat from that and then you know, water is a greenhouse gas, so it's it's gonna gonna warm things it's up. Gonna warm things up. It holds on. You know, it's got a high uh, what is it? Thermal mass. So when they're falling down the, the side of the mountain, mm. it looks to me like they're on Earth because
0: the gravity. That's what. I, that's my next question. What What's the gravity like on Mars? It's more, right? Because it's bigger planet. No, it's less. No, it's Mars less. is smaller. Oh, it is. Yeah. I always get that mixed up. That's all right.
2: And then, and the other thing is that they always show the sky as being really red, but it's the sky is really not super red on Mars. The
0: the soil, right? It's very, it's kind of yellow. Yeah, right? yellow
2: and even bluish because huh. you get the same effect. The laws of physics are the same, so you you still get the scattering of light so the blue blue light scatters more easily so the sun is weaker there it's further away so you have less light there's less blue light scattering but yeah it's just not it's not a super red sky
0: the soil is red it's a good effect though for the movie yeah
2: yeah so you know where you are
0: the angry red planet yeah Hey, what about that movie, The Astronaut?
1: After 2,000 years of work, the Illudium Pew 36 explosive space modulator...
0: Was that a better-looking Mars surface, you think? Yeah, I think they did a really good job.
2: You know, one thing I found out about that, Opportunity, I think, was the rover. Anyway, right, they built an Opportunity rover for the movie, and they used all of the engineering information that the, to, to make a very, very correct one. But, uh... I was at a planetary science conference when that actually came, when that came out and it was like the American astronomical society conference. And so people were talking and, and the guy who was the PI of that mission was saying that he wished that somebody had talked to him first because there's, I guess it's a little known fact, but there's actually a smiley face painted on the front of the rover that they didn't ever, te- they didn't <laughs> ever tell anybody about but they wanted they like the joke was they wanted to make it look friendlier in case there was like alien life that you know found it they didn't want it to be threatening like you know they're just being silly
0: uh-huh because because a smile means the same thing yeah. to every species right, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah like when you see when you see like a don't do that to a exactly chick. a chimpanzee bearing its teeth at you you know you're okay
0: <laughs> it's not about to rip your arms yeah. off <laughs> so uh they have a kiss and a fade to white.
2: Well, we also see all of the, the freaks gathering and looking at their new, there's rain and lightning and a, and a blue sky and and all of the mutants come to their dome windows. They can just see a future of golf courses and, I don't know, condos.
0: <laughs> they think they're out of the woods, yeah. but little do they know. Yeah, no, it's just, it's just going to get worse. Urban renewals is just right around the corner. I
1: can't believe it. It's like a dream. What's wrong? I just had a terrible thought. What if this is a dream? Well, then kiss me quick before you wake up.
0: Well, what did you think about Total Recall?
2: I loved it. I was ready to find something wrong with it. I I can find nothing wrong with it. I guess. I, yeah, I don't know if we want to get into. I probably shouldn't hesitate so much to say this, but like, the, there's like that one line where I forget what the context was, but Arnold's like, "Oh, it's when he's gonna get his body back." He's like, "Sorry to be an Indian givea. Yeah. Kind of wish. Yeah. Kind of wish they had not done that,
0: but uh. Yeah. There's there's definitely some dated.
2: That's the definitely across the line for me where it's like. Yeah, you shouldn't. You probably shouldn't mm-hmm. have done that. Like you should. Well, I mean, obviously, you shouldn't have done it. But even then, I think you could have known. Could have easily
0: known better. The writer should have known better. Yeah. I agree. So, but I guess it was t- such something in the lexicon of those of that writers' room or those two writers. Yeah, I, you know. I think it was two guys. Maybe it was one guy, but they were just like, "That's just a thing you say," and probably never even. Definitely
2: no women in
0: that writing room. No, certainly not. Clearly.
2: Like, but otherwise, I think the movie. I can't. I find like the pacing is perfect. I love it. It's just a bl- a blast
0: to watch. I agree, from beginning to end, it's just a hell of a fun ride. And I think the effects hold up for the most part. You know, there are some. I mean, it was one of the last movies of this sort to still use a lot of practicals. Oh yeah, because CGI was coming in. Yeah, they made a bunch of miniatures for the sets uh for the long shots of the the colony and the mine and everything.
2: Yeah. Some of the Muppet
0: stuff is it could be improved, but otherwise
2: mm-hmm. it's, it's really, really good.
0: So the thing with these say these animatronic ads with practical effects, especially like that of face, I don't think it's supposed to the technology is was what it was and it was really good. And I don't think anyone is going in watching this movie thinking that you're gonna be completely convinced that this is actually that person's head, but you accept, you know, you suspend disbelief, right? You know it is, but you can still enjoy it as if, yeah. Um, you know, the thing with CGI is once it gets better and better and better, it's kind of all about, oh, could you tell? I couldn't even tell sometimes, which is kind of a weird place to be. But that's it's, It sets a different bar. Whereas practicals, you're not really thinking about that as the bar so much. It's more just how cool it is that it is what it is, yeah, and that it's a piece of technology that it took like seven people to operate and you know a whole team of people to design and build and make it ha- as cool as it is. It, it just as a three dimensional uh, robot object, right. which I just really enjoy creature making and
2: well, stuff. One of the things that I think happens with these kind these kind of things is. A movie from this period where you are building models and you are doing these uh, Muppets and animatronic things is that you almost have to be more judicious and decide whether or not something's worth it. Whereas when you have like unlimited unlimited CG, you can just be like, "Oh, add another effect," or "Let's do what about this idea?" and it's like. Whereas with this, you have to say like, "Oh, well, that's it's not worth it. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, we're only going to do the things that are like super cool or." Or necessary I still assert that it's totally possible this was all a dream
0: yeah, I like that. I never really um I never really considered that, but it absolutely could be
2: It would be stupid if they did the whole like oh,
0: it was all a dream
2: ending that would be that would make me angry, but the fact that they don't uh, they don't clear it up.
0: So yeah, to conclude my review. It was as enjoyable now as it ever was. And aside from a couple little politically incorrect gaffes, it was uh, it was such a fun film from beginning to end. And, and not only fun, but there was some cool conceptual stuff to chew on as well. And uh, I recommend it. If you've never seen it, go see it. And if you have and you don't remember, see it again. Because I think it will reward you for the effort. I agree. It's easy to watch. Now we got to come to the decision of what to watch uh, for our next show. Yeah. I might have to pull up the list because I don't have anything in mind. I got the list, yeah. The Blob. I'm definitely ready for The Blob. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, let's do The Blob. Have you ever seen the OG Blob? I don't think I have. Oh, man. All right, so. I definitely know about it. 1958, it's got three director credits. Irvin, That's not good, right? S. Yeaworth Jr., probably not. <laughs> Russell, oh no, two, sorry, two director credits. Irvin S. Yeaworth Jr. and Russell S. Dalton Jr. Strange. Mm. Uh, but this is uh, 1958's The Blob, starring the one and only Steve McQueen. I look forward to this. This is going to be something I used to see on Sunday afternoon UHF. Horror sci fi block. Yeah. After the Three Stooges ended. And it's got a great soundtrack and uh, some pretty cool effects, as I recall, and everything terrifying. There's a Criterion Collection version. So this has been uh, Ryan and Nathan. And thank you for joining us in our escape pod. Join us next time for The Blob. Hey, thanks for joining us in the Escape Pod. You know what to do. Hit subscribe, leave us a five-star review, and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and you can email us at scifixcapepod at gmail. See you next time.
2: And Nathan.